And there we are. Shabbat Shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Shabbat Shalom, everybody in the chat. And if you're watching this later, then put some comments up in the comment section. And of course, give us some thumbs up and blessings to all of you. We are going to review a little bit of what I covered last week because I jumped ahead. We're in Torah portion Mishpatim, which is judgments, Mishpatim, statutes and judgments or ordinances, Mishpatim in the Hebrew, and it comes to us in Shemot, Exodus chapter 21. I'll give you a little bit of an overview over the law concerning servants, bond servants, we talked about that um, briefly last week, and then we get into various other laws concerning violence, animal, prop, uh, animal control laws, um, uh, responsibility for property, and then dealings with man versus man, moral and ceremonial principles. And ultimately, once we get into the 23rd chapter, we look at justice. What is justice all about? For justice to be just, it must be administrated justly. That is the question. It is Mishpah team and Shof team. You have to have proper righteous judges. And this is the administration of justice. We're going to see that. I'm going to touch and stick on that for a little bit because I do think it pertains a lot today when we live in a world of benefits and privileges or what I call what's called adhesion contracts. And many people contact me, well, what should I do about this? This is happening. And um, I have another career that I really do need to start because there's so many people out there that do need assistance. But a lot of it is that we're not understanding the actual realm in which we have been drug into usually because we engaged in contracts that were invisible, invisible contracts. So Exodus chapter 21 is going to help clear some of that up, I hope, for you today. And then we get into the law of Sabbath, of course, the three annual pilgrimage feasts. And we've got Passover coming up here at the beginning of Roman month, April, of course, the first month of the year, the Hebrew month of Aviv or Abib, whether you pronounce that as a bet or a vav, you know, uh, a vet or a bet, excuse me, aviv, coming up, and then we have Shavuot and, of course, Sukkot. Then we get into the Malak of Promise, the Angel of Promise, and, of course, chapter 24, we get into the Book of the Covenant, and if you've been following Torah to the tribes, you know that that is Malkitzedek and, of course, Torah to the Tribes 101, you have got to realize there is a dichotomy between the Book of the Law and the Book of the Covenant. And um, there you go. That's just to jump off. Jump off with. So let's look at the Law Concerning Servants, Exodus chapter 21. Now these are the Mishpatim which you shall set before them. If you buy a Hebrew Eved servant, he shall serve six years, and in the seventh he shall go out free and pay nothing. And if he comes in by himself, he shall go out by himself. So this is called the law of the bond servants, and we know that the apostles, of course, refer to themselves, all of them, as bond servants. And that's something, again, which is going to lead right into these laws here in the Torah. Because from the Torah, which is Yahweh's 
divine law made for living men and women. A common way to communicate that would be you are a sentient moral being. You're not a fiction. You are living, breathing, feeling with senses person. Oh, he said person. Well, you can't actually sow your field with two diverse species. And I said that deliberately. Because if you're a sentient moral being, you cannot be a person. Because a person is a corporate entity. And the problem is, it has all been mixed up in the seas of the world. And many of you have got yourselves into a muddle because we were brought up in a muddle. We were raised in mystery Babylon. But at the end of the age, Yahweh is going to raise up a people and they are going to come out of her, my people. And that is, they're going to awaken to the Messiah, Yahusha, who's going to lead them back into the Torah and they're going to realize that they are literally priests and kings but they have to sever ties with Mystery Babylon. How can you do that? Well, first, you've got to find out where the truth is. And like I've said, and you just said it, the truth is the person of Yahushua HaMashiach. He is epitomized right here in chapter 23 and verse 20, when we get into the Malak, the angel of promise, and we'll get into that. But the truth is, the law, the Torah, and then various Torot, meaning laws that come across here, the laws of violence, the Torot of animal control laws. This is Yahweh's divine Torah written for sentient moral beings that have been born on this land. But the problem is, as time went by, this is where the British common law came from. You may have heard of common law. British common law came from this part of the text. But then what happened, as in England we had a great maritime fleet during the 16th century and we started to go out across the seas, we needed to be able to raise our flag out on the seas and we needed to be able to have commerce with other countries and other vessels that would also raise a flag. So they had to come up with a law of which they could commercially trade. So from the common law, in approximately um, the 16th century, what happened is they're like, well, we, we need to be able to trade. So they came up with a commercial law, which was international admiralty and maritime in nature meaning that commercial entities could do business together. So they came up with what was called the Judiciary Act in 1789. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard it over the years from people in Bible-believing communities, whether it's the traditional church or the, the Messianic movement saying, well, they can't do that to me. That's unconstitutional. Well, the... This is, this, is, this is a problem because we don't realize what happened. 
Because under Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution, you have what's called the Commerce Clause. That it's in the Constitution that if you tie yourself up into an invisible contract or adhesion contracts, then that is allowed. You contracted yourself. That is where statutory law comes from. It's the law of commerce based upon the Judiciary Act of 1789, International Admiralty Maritime in Nature, so that vessels could do business with one another. And that was the change that then was layered over the top of common law. Common law was layered and built upon the biblical maxims of Torah right here for living human beings or sentient moral beings. But the Judiciary Act of 1789, which then, of course, Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution, the International Admiralty Maritime Commercial Law is the law of contracts and commerce and vessels between commercial entities. Now, like kind must be seeded with like kind. So can a commercial entity interface with a sentient moral being? Can it? No. It must interface with another commercial entity to have an adhesion, a person. A citizen, that would be with a lowercase c, because that changed with the 14th Amendment, not a capital, because, of course, we don't teach grammar anymore in, in college or, or even school, so people don't know the difference between a, a citizen with a capital C and a lowercase citizen, right, which is a commercial entity. See, there's an interface. Um, a driver, that's another commercial entity. So now... No longer you're removed from biblical law, you're removed from common law, you're brought into a commercial realm of statutory law where now there are corporations dealing with this. This all flowed away as the ship started sailing in Mystery Babylon, which Ezekiel chapter 28 is trafficking in, trading in the souls of man getting man to become a surety for the interface fiction, the person, the citizen, the driver, which then receives benefits and privileges. Do you realize licenses are given for something that would otherwise be illegal? They issue licenses for something that would otherwise be, not illegal, excuse me, unlawful you would need a license right like a license to sin the bible talks about a license to sin these people that have a license to sin licenses are issued for something that would be immoral or unlawful so think about all the licenses you hold is it unlawful for you to be able to travel from point a to point b as a human being on this earth well, why on earth would you need a license to move? Ah, but the moment you take one, you receive a benefit and a privilege, which then comes an adhesion contract with penalties. And you've now become surety 
for a corporate interface fiction that then allows you to be traded and trafficked, trafficked on the seas of Mystery Babylon. Literally, I used to think back in the church, I used to read about Mystery Babylon, something far off, and oh, this is like apocalyptic literature, and one day, you know, we're going to see Mystery Babylon, and it was all spiritual. No, it is here, we have been born into it, and that is the life in which we were born into. We now, in this generation, must decide whether we're going to stay in that system for the sake of our children and grandchildren, or whether we come out of her, my people, and sever those adhesion contracts, those invisible contracts, because otherwise we'll never get back to real Torah. It's heavy because we are supposed to be bonded and serving Yahusha. But the very first thing that happens in this world is that your mother and father bonded you through a birth certificate, bonded, it's on bond paper, to the state as an interface in that commercial realm of corporate fictions that can adhere to one another. And that is how this whole world survives and thrives unless you say, you know what, I'm not lo I am no longer going to be a surety for a stranger. I am no longer going to be surety for a stranger. And the Bible commands us not to be surety for a stranger. And the Bible commands us to be bonded and serving Yahusha only. But we cannot, cannot continue in this modern world to go down the road that everybody's going because they are accepting all of these benefits and privileges. But there are severe penalties that ultimately will come to the mark of the beast. When that happens, I don't know. What it will be, I don't know. But the prophecies is sure. And the only way to stop it is by coming back to the Torah, which predates common law, which of course is very different to statutory law, which is the law of merchants. It is the law of merchants, Revelation 13 and 18, and it is all based upon contracts, corporate adhesions, and fictions. Because everything that wants to contract with you is a corporation. All of the 50 states, there's 100 states. 50 of the states are incorporated businesses, and then there are the union states. That's different. There is the United States, all caps, corporation, which is in its jurisdiction of its 10 square miles. And then there is the United States of America, from which, of course, the Constitution springs. This we must understand. This we must understand, because so many people are continuing to enter into mystery Babylon and birth their children into it. And 
Anytime you get a license or you register anything, you are become what? You have a split title. Think about that. And you've become a commercial entity. So this is really a wake-up call for so many people. And, you know, we'll blame it all on the British. It's always the British fault. You know, they come over here, then they start monkeying around with all of their international admiralty and maritime nonsense over here, and they convince people to slip in the 1789 Judiciary Act. Right, you know, and then they're like, well, let's put Article 3, Section 2 into the Constitution, the right to contract. Right, so then they're like, well, hey, if we can get everybody to contract away their actual living rights, then this is totally, totally okay. And people were like, well, the Constitution says you can't, well, you signed up for it. It's totally, totally constitutional. So those constitutional arguments are absolutely nonsense. And you know what? I used to make them too. Not that long ago. Not that long ago. They're called a frivolous argument. They're frivolous in nature. Frivolous arguments. And if you do that with the wrong agency, you'll get what's called a frivolous penalty. So you don't want to be doing that. But you have the right to contract, but you also have the right to rescission the contract, which means it never even existed. And the, there's reasons why you can rescission, but the truthful one is, I made a mistake. Right? And if you claim it was fraud, then you have to proof up the claim. But nobody can say, well, you didn't make a mistake. I did make a mistake. I did not realize that me, by me getting this license, I was giving up a right. Because I do have the right to move from point A to point B, don't I, and carry some, some things with me if I'm not in a commercial venue. I'm not doing commerce. You see? This right here, we learn how to live through, of course, the Bible. Exodus chapter 21, I want to be bonded and serving Yahushua, which means I'm going to sever all other bonds that are floating out there that tie me to a commercial or tie the fiction to another commercial fiction, right? Persons. If you go into a public park, you'll see, you'll see notices, right? The law of notice. And it says, or it will always say, persons can't do this, person. Well, if you, if you then decide that you're a person, you've become part of that maritime commerce. Now there's an adhesion contract. I was just skiing, okay? I looked at, I looked at the Oregon Revised Statue, and it says, skiers shall, skiers that. And people will think, well, no, I'm, I'm actually Matthew Motion Nolan. I was doing the activity of skiing, but I am not a skier. I, 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 I'm a sentient moral being, and I do the activity of playing football, but I'm, you know, does that make sense? But the moment, oh yes, I'm a skier, boom, you became now, there's a corporate interface. That's how it works. It's everywhere. And then compelled performance. We're going to compel you to perform. How do they do that? Threats, duress, force, and fear. Oh my goodness, this is going to happen. Oh my goodness, if I... Nonsense. But people capitulate to stupid. 
because we got rid of civics in school because we don't read the Bible. Because right here it says that if I am bonded to my master and I have, dis I have severed these adhesion contracts, then guess what? I just come into his house and then he will provide the remedy for me and the people for me to get me to go where I need to go. I don't even have to do anything. But show up. That's it. It's freedom. Freedom. It's absolutely powerful. Now, those of you that are retired, those of you, you know what? That was a generation. But what about your children, my children, grandchildren? Do we want them to, do we want them to go into that system? No. There's another world, a free world out there. And it's for the taking right now. Because this system, this system is, Babylon is going to have her judgment. I believe it's going to come soon. Because it is international, admiralty, maritime, and commercial in nature. It's traded on the seas with all kinds of foreign stocks and bonds that are in a fiction realm. And I think people are starting to see that. Well, I know that people here are seeing it. It truly, truly is absolutely freeing. But how do we get true freedom? Justice must be administered justly. Exodus chapter 23. Here's something. You shall not circulate a false report. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. And you shall not follow a crowd to do evil. If you look that up in the Hebrew, you don't join a mob. You don't join a riot. All these riots and mobs and protests, you won't catch me at that kind of thing. No way. That's, you're, just gonna, you're just asking to be picked up. You're asking to be profiled. The Bible commands that we make peace with our adversaries, that we try and settle the matter. We do not go to mobs and riots. We do not get involved in that nonsense. It is not what, all these people that got caught up on January 6th, they shouldn't have been doing that type of thing. It's, it's immoral. That doesn't mean that we don't speak up but we can't speak up for a bunch of idiots that have contracted themselves away into slavery. That's not our fight. Because I do not, I'm not left or right because I think they're both, they're both part of the same picture. I'm biblical. We've got to get back to biblical. And we've got to get back to the law of the Sabbaths. We've got to get back to the three annual pilgrimage feasts. We've got to come out of mystery Babylon. Think about it. I know a lot of you are going to have a lot more questions for me, and that's what the pilgrimage feasts are all about, so we can talk about these things privately. I can put some things out here publicly, you know, just kind of a little bit, get you thinking, get you thinking. But the remedy is always going to be in the private. It's never going to be in the public. Anyway, the law of Sabbaths, of course, People over the years have said, oh, I'm a farmer in, in um, you know, some particular state. Um, should I put uh, my, my, my field fallow? Well, this is an ordinance for the homeland, for, for Israel. It's not something we do out in the nations. Now, crop, crop rotation and all of those types of things are very good ideas. But the actual ordinance is an ordinance of the land. 
So many people that have, you know, kind of got judgmental on farmers and whatnot in the biblical movement said, well, you didn't, you know, have, have the, leave the land fallow according to the law of Sabbath. Well, this is actually an ordinance of the land. So we've got to make sure that we read this stuff in context. And then we get into the three annual pilgrimage feasts. Of course, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Sukkots. This is the time that we come together and that we gather together. Right here in chapter 23, verse 19, what I find interesting is, you shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Well, who on earth would do that? And this is where the rabbis get, you do not get to eat lasagna. You do not have, to, you cannot have a cheeseburger, and you certainly can't have um, pizza with meat on it. Well, how do you get that? This text is about mercy. It's about rachamim. It's, it's unmerciful to be able to... boil a kid in its mother's milk. It's unmerciful. Also talks to us about generational sin, doesn't it? Because what are you doing? You're cutting off the generations. So if we continue to practice things that we learned from our forefathers and we don't sever the tie, tie to the next generation, then spiritually we're boiling a kid in its mother's milk. So we need to sever the generational iniquity for our children and our grandchildren. Does that make sense? I know you're doing it right here with you. Right? We spoke about this. Not to pick on you, Brian, also known as Ryan. Okay. But, um, right? But we've all got it. What were you doing? What were you just up to? What were you doing messing around over there? Talking to my son, you can't see, my youngest. There's a little bit of generational iniquity. Were you going to go make yourself a latte, were you? Wonder where he got that from. See? Was that what you were up to? What were you looking for? Huh? You were, oh, okay. Well, you look like you were about to get into the Keurig or something. See, that's generational iniquity right there. See? Bloody Henry. I'm the only one that gets to drink lattes on the Shabbat. All right, chapter 23, verse 20. The Malak of promise. Behold, I send a Malak, a messenger, Metatron, or Yahusha, metaphor here, before you in the way to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him, Yahusha, or however you want to pronounce it. But it's not Jesus, because my name, Yah, is in him. And here's the key point, beware of him and obey his voice. This is the angel of Yahweh. And this is the Messiah, the messenger of Yahuwah. So think about this. If you make the Torah go away, well, the law's done away with. 
then you also make the commandment to listen to the Messiah go away. Because it says it right here. If the Torah is done away with, then the commandment, all Israel, to listen to the Messiah, the messenger of Yahuwah, who's going to have the name of Yahuwah in him when he comes, meaning all the prophecies of Messiah, are going to be done away with too. It makes no sense. This is a key verse right here for, of course, the continuant observance, if you love me, keep my commandments. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him. So once we come into that relationship with the messenger, the Malak, Yahusha, then there is what? He compels us to perform. And what is our performance to be? The Torah. It's not to be statutory this. It's not to be common law. It's to be the Torah, which is do no harm. Do not injure a person. Uh-oh, there's that fiction name. Do not injure another living being. Do not injure any other living being. Do not damage somebody else's property. And do not break any contracts that you actually willingly, intentionally went into. And if we live by that, then we are living the Torah. It's called equitable. And, that, and then when you live that way, you're free. All of the other stuff, it's maritime. Well, you can only go from point A to point B, but if you go faster than, than this, then we're going to drag you onto the vessel. Stand in the dock. Wonder why it's right? We've grown up in it. We've grown up on it. Pretty amazing stuff. Now we get to chapter 24, and we get to where Israel affirms the covenant. And of course, this is absolutely imperative to understanding the book of the covenant. Now he said to Moshe, come up to Yahuwah. This is the fourth ascent. Now remember, I've done a teaching where Moshe ascends and descends the mountain ten times. And a lot of times people string along this fictional chronology because they're not seeing that Moshe went up and down the mountain different times. And there's another mishap in reading the scriptures is people think that the Torah is chronological, but it's not. It's chronological when it comes to the narrative. There was Abraham, then there was Isaac, and then there was Jacob. Yes, that's chronological. But it's thematic when it comes to the giving of the commandments. It's thematic. Case in point. Where was the Ark of the Testimony invented? Exodus chapter 25. It was invented. didn't exist before. It was invented. And you shall make an Ark of Acacia wood. Exodus chapter 25 verse 10. But hang on a minute. If you go back, this proves that the Torah is not chronological. When it comes to the giving of mitzvot, it is achronological. It's thematic in its elements. 
Look after the manna week in Exodus chapter 16 and verse 34. And Yahweh commanded Moshe, and so Aaron laid it up before the ark of the testimony to be kept. Well, hang on a minute. That hasn't even been invented yet until Exodus chapter 25. Well, thematically, the narrative right here, the commandment fits in with the narrative. We're talking about manna week. So that commandment fits in. But it is not chronological because actually the chronology is that the tabernacle came after the golden calf breach. It's here in chapter 25, but the, like the golden calf breach is chapter 32. Well, why is that? Because there's a break. Something happened between verses 11 and verse 12 of chapter 24. And this is the whole crux of the Malkitetic priesthood. Israel affirms the covenant. Remember, there is now Israel's come out of Egypt. Israel comes to the mountain. And Yahuwah proposes to Israel. He says, I bore you on eagle's wings and goes into this spiel. Israel says, oh, yes, all that Yahuwah says we shall do. They accept the proposal. Now, here is a blood ratification. And then the 70 elders go up the mountain for a covenant confirming meal. Now, some people will get, go into Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 9, and where it describes this ceremony. And remember, the Masoretic text is very different than the Septuagint translation. And in Hebrews chapter 9, it says, well, nowhere does it say that um, the, uh, um, the altar was sprinkled. Wow, there's a discrepancy. And, and, and the censer, there's no censer, there's no golden censer that would be inside the Holy of Holies, that would be outside. Well, it, it's, it's just a censer, it's not the golden altar of incense, because they add that into the text. What's going on here is that there was a heavy Torah scroll that would be placed down upon the altar, and then the sprinkling procedure, which was later invented in, or written down, codified in Leviticus 14, it wasn't some neat little sprinkling. That blood would get everywhere. It would get on the book. It would get on the stone altar. It would have got on the people. It would have got... There's no neat, neat sprinkling here. So Hebrews 9 and Exodus chapter 24, they're totally harmonious when you start to weigh the whole of the Scripture. So you may want to look at Hebrews chapter 9 um, and I did a teaching on that because it does tie it all in. But let me continue on because I digress. So in verse 3, So Moshe came and told the people all the words of Yahuwah and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice, here's their acceptance, all the words which Yahuwah has said we will do. And this is something that I have learned in life. And it has freed me. It has freed me from sin, bondage, and iniquity. And it all goes back to the Torah of Mishpatim, Exodus chapter 21, and the dichotomy between Torah and statutory and mystery Babylon is that we need to accept everything 
and go into our father's house and then he will go and be an enemy to our enemies. Another way of it being spoken is in the New Testament. Yahushua says, if you have a controversy, then you go and accept it with your brother before you go to the judges because otherwise every penny will be exacted from you and you'll be thrown into prison. I cannot change any of you. I cannot change anybody. What anybody decides to do out there in that world to me, I cannot change. All I, I cannot. What's the point in arguing? What's the point? In, I can, all I can do is accept. I don't have the power to change somebody else. Only they can do that. And if they decide to travel down a path, and I get caught up in something, well, I can accept that because that's my life. I live a life of acceptance, which is freedom. It really matters not what anybody would do in this world. If I live like that, it truly is freedom because I've made a choice, according to the Torah, to do no harm. I do not damage living beings and I do not damage people's property and I do not enter into contracts anymore unless I am fully aware but no adhesion contracts and no invisible contracts not anymore so therefore I live by that principle of the Torah and there is true freedom we have nothing to worry about unless you enter into the arguments because there will always be someone that will want to hear the argument because the whole system is based upon it. It's called war, right? But we're not to be at war with the world. We come out of the world because right here we can see that they were offered something by Yahweh. They accepted it and when they accepted it, then their sins were atoned for, blood ratification, and then they got to have fellowship and live in peace. And that's what Yahweh wants for all of us. It really is freeing. So they accept right here. All the people answered with one voice, all the words which Yahweh said we will do. And Moshe wrote all the words of Yahuwah, and he rose early in the morning, and he built an altar at the foot of the mountain, and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel and offered burnt offerings and sacrifice peace offerings of the oxen to Yahuwah. And Moshe took half the blood and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar." And he took the book of the covenant and he read it in the hearing of the people and they said, all that Yahweh has said we will do and be obedient. There's the acceptance. And Moshe took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and he said, this is the blood of the covenant which Yahweh has made with you according to all these words. This is the same covenant that was sprinkled by Yahushua's blood. And where was it sprinkled? On a stone altar. Jeremiah 31, 31. It was sprinkled, I shall write it on 
your hearts. Yahushua's words are alive. He is the living Messiah. And he, instead of dead words on a book, he came and spoke the words that either are accepted and sprinkled upon your heart that then compels you to be performing the Torah. The old way, which didn't work because it ended in the golden calf, is the words were written down, black and white fire, put on a stone altar, and the blood was sprinkled, but it didn't engage upon their hearts. Therefore, they stumbled and fell in sin, and they failed to perform according to the covenant. He's compelling us to perform. This whole life we live is all about compelled performance. This whole world is set up upon compelled performance. And everybody will do it for Mystery Babylon. But they won't do it for the Son of Man. How about you sever and stop performing for Mystery Babylon? You don't have to. But you perform for Yahushua. That's the choice I've made in my life. And I've said this before, and I've said it oftentimes. You've got to understand compelled performance, because that is what this world is all about. I get it to me all the time, and I deliberately put myself in situations where I can test it. And you'd be amazed what happens. Be amazed what happens. Because you don't have to do any of this. You don't have to. But if they can convince you that you do, then you're sunk. Your vessel is at sea. Here is the amazing thing. Turn with me. Jeremiah 31, 31, the Torah will be written on your hearts instead of the words written out and placed on a stone altar, stony hearts, where there was no performance of the covenant. They broke it within 30 days. Yahushua comes and he reverberates the word of Yahuwah out, living flesh from heaven, no longer needed to be written. He came and spoke the living word into existence. And then it touched people's hearts, and their hearts were sprinkled by his blood. Let's see if this bears out. Let's turn to Matthew chapter um, 26, verse 28. Now remember, as we get into the later into the offerings of the sanctuary, it's interesting to know that when the sanctuary is built, it's built from the inside out. All the furniture on the inside is, is spoken about first. The deepest part is the Ark of the Testimony. And then it finally ends up with the curtains and all that in the later chapters. Because it's showing us something. For us to truly be the living temple man and woman, then we have to be built from where? The inside out. The first thing that gets changed is the Ark of Sprinkling, the heart. Now, Yahushua, he had a problem with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Why? Because they were just replicating outward behaviors. But inside, they were not changed. 
That's Matthew chapter 23, verse 25. They were just replicating commandments and behaviors. You may be able to fool other people with that stuff, but you'll never fool Yahuwah. You'll never, you may be able to fool other people with your religion and all your out, outward appearance and your outward acts, but you'll never, ever, ever fool Yahuwah. I mean, you might, might be able to say all this, you know, messianic or Christian lingo, but if there isn't an inward change, then it doesn't matter what you're replicating outwardly. Does that make sense? That's why it's always to be built from the inside out, because otherwise you're just empty, whitewashed tombs, right? And that's what he said. You, you guys, you, you clean the outside of the cup, but the inside of the cup you didn't clean. So, now we come to Matthew chapter 26, and what did I say? Verse 28. We're going to bear this out, bear this out. Matthew chapter 26, verse 28. We're talking about the blood of sprinkling. Where does this sprinkling even begin? Genesis chapter 15. Why? Because Abram flayed open the pieces. There would have been a blood of sprinkling there, right? And the flaming torch and the burning oven passed between the pieces and cut the covenant, which now, 430 years later, on the very same day, the covenant is coming into its full fruition in Exodus chapter 24. But they broke it with the golden calf. And so therefore, Yahushua now comes and makes a new covenant. So we should see all the elements. And what do we see in Exodus chapter, um, excuse me, Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Yahushua came to them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the Talmudim disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Kepher and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My nephesh, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup Pass from me. What is it? It's the cup of sprinkling. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but what thy will. Interesting here. The Greek word for pass is parechonai. But it's actually translated from the Hebrew abba, spelt Ein bet chresh. Do you know where that Hebrew word comes from? Genesis 15. The covenant between the pieces where the flaming torch and the burning oven passed between the pieces. And Yahushua said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Abram, Abram rejoiced to see my day. Well, what day? You're not even 30... 30 years old. That day. What happened here? This is the covenant between the pieces. Pass to me, as in pass the blood of sprinkling to another. This is when Yahushua cried out 
And was his cry heard? We'd have to turn to Hebrews chapter 5 to see if his cry was heard. Because in Hebrews chapter 5, it tells us that this covenant came and was fully heard. It came into the hearing of the Father, and it was fully heard, and therefore it has been accepted. And now when we accept, we get all the benefits of the covenant. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 who in the days of his flesh, regarding Malchizedek Yahusha, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, it's talking about what we just read in Matthew in the garden, with vehement cries and tears, this is when he sweated blood in the garden, who was able to save him from death, and he was heard. The father heard him, because of his yah-fearing, though he was a son, he learned obedience by things which he suffered. And having been perfected, the, the word there in the Greek means completed, because he, we know he was always perfect, right? Being completed, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who what? Obey. This harkens back to our Torah portion. The angel of promise who would take the cup of sprinkling, it would no longer be sprinkled on a book and an altar of stone, which didn't end well because you failed to perform as the covenant required. So the master came along he cried out with tears and sweated blood, can this passing between the pieces, this death penalty position, can it pass from me? Yahuwah hears his crying, and by the spoken word, the blood of sprinkling is applied through the death, burial, and resurrection of Yahusha, and all of us now have a duty once we have been sprinkled in the heart by conversion, we have a duty to perform the covenant, which is the book of the covenant Torah. It's powerful. It's everywhere. But there's another per person, commercial entity or beast, mystery Babylon, that doesn't want you to come into the covenant, be a bond servant in the master's house, wants you to be a surety bond for all of the adhesion contracts, all the commercial enterprises, all of the fiction, citizen, person, defendant, this, that, t'other, and you just to step in and be surety and then take all the benefits and privileges that I don't care if it's Trump or Biden or the next one, they're all the same. There, it's all the corporate United States Corporation, which is different than the United States of America. All of these incorporated states that are different than the states of the Union. And all of these citizens, which contract with a number, which is different than a United States citizen or a British citizen or an Indonesian citizen, or, you get my case in point, 
It's everywhere. It's the world over. Because they moved you from the Torah. Common law was good. But then, old Admiralty Nelson going out there doing all of his business. Then they bring it over here. And now here we are. And everybody got born into the matrix. And it is a matrix. The womb of mystery Babylon. That's all matrix means. The womb, the origin of mystery Babylon. It's not some far off spiritual thing that I thought in the church. I was born into it. Ezekiel 28. I was traded and trafficked. Trafficked. Your birth certificate is your death certificate. You do realize that. It's the death of the sentient moral being. And then up raises the surety. And from that, all other adhesion contracts are built. You can't get a passport without one. You can't get this without one. That is the foundation. But the number that attaches to it, that really is the heart or the matrix of mystery Babylon. It's Monopoly. They've been telling you this in Monopoly. You remember that game? There's different pieces to play on the board. But everybody goes, oh, I want to be the individual. I want to be the person. I want to be this. That's the worst piece to play on the board. It's got all the blooming liability. If you want to play with that piece... But there are other pieces to play with. Because there's lots of there's lots of real estate and banks. There's all kinds of stuff you can get involved. But you do not want to play with that piece. That's the piece they want you to play with. It's posted everywhere. Just sign up because you'll get paid to play. Freedom. The Bible is freedom. It's not just spiritual freedom. It is freedom from mystery Babylon. It is coming out of her, my people. And there is a way. And I know the way. Just as the prophets beforehand knew the way. And I'm not the only one. There are many, many people. We have been shown the way. And will it be difficult or will it be easy? Will it be challenging? Will you have to face fear? Will you have to perform according to Yahweh's commandments and turn your back on the compelled performance of the world? Will it be the easy way or will it be the wilderness way? It's going to be difficult. But as I have learned in my life, I have always been called to go ahead and tackle the thorn bushes and the briars and I get cut up bad and I go down some wrong paths and make mistakes as I did with the Torah and the Malkitzedic and the Messianic movement before but now there are people all over the world many of you tuning in today that you never had to get into the things that I did because I was able to and others before me to pave the way as people help people help me and now to look back and see people coming in and not having these problems is amazing. I counsel people all of the time that are having children. Well, how do I set this up? Well, I, you know, I want to open a business. I want to do this. Well, how do I do it? Oh, 
t- I'll tell you how not to do it, because I've done it all the ways not to. But now there are other ways. And it is all based upon Mishpatim. Because for justice to be administered justly, that is true justice. And we always look for the good team, the good judges. And they are abounding if you know where to look. And this is the amazing time that we live in. Mishpatim, there's so much here. But for me, this is a powerful, powerful Torah portion because it is about coming and being bonded into the house of Yahushua. Because he will be an enemy to your enemies when you do that. And he will bring other bond servants to aid you and assist you. And that actually we all have the same skin in the game. And you know whose skin that is? That is the skin that came from the heavens and the same blood. That is truly mishpochah. Anyway, let's see if you guys have questions, comments. Kind of, you know, covered a lot of stuff. And uh, I don't know if I'll be able to address all of your questions here online. But we'll give it a go, eh? Put it up in the top chat or the live chat if you'd like me to address a question. And I will set my timer so I don't become too more, much more long-winded. C.I. was... C.I., I'll just say C.I. Matthew, voting in election. Is it? Of course it is, yeah. That's one of the first things. Well, I ha- I've never, I never did contract that way um, in, in America. Um, I did vote once, once upon a time in England. And again, those are adhesion contracts. They're all invisible contracts, adhesion contracts. And yes, you're, you're, you're providing prima facie evidence when you do such a thing. So, rescission it. And don't say it was fraud because it wasn't. None of it was fraud. You made a mistake. We made mistakes. We weren't given all the information. It's, um, it's absolutely amazing. It's never too late, Thomas Hughes, a tad late. It is never too late. It's never too late. Because there's a whole other generation coming up. And even for me, it's not too late. Dutchman, would you lay down your life for your brother, Matt? If you called me Matthew, I might respond to that, but Matt most probably is the fiction, so it doesn't really even apply to me. So, anyway, Matthew, it's beautiful to hear you the love you have for Yahuwah and his son. Carol, thank you, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. I was lost, but now I am found, right? There's a, there's a poem there, isn't there? All right. Hebrews, seabirds. Hebrews accepted the covenant, but then accepted adhesions for the children. Now what are we to do? Rescission. Uh, yeah, I rescissioned so much the past year in my life. I mean, that's why, that's why we do these things. Go track down those originals, get certified copies, and you know, I can, I can, I can um, help people 
but not in a public forum. I can just point you the way, you know. At the end of the day, nobody's going to get themselves out of the quicksand. Nobody can get anybody else out of the quicksand because we don't know what you did. I only know what I did, right? I know what I did. I have a sin number. <laughs> All right. Ooh, lots of deep, heavy questions I can't get into right now because I wouldn't be able to um, give you the, the full answers in such a short time. Ah, oh, here, here's one from Megan. Giant killer. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. Psalm 51, verse 6. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Libby Tube, Matthew 26, verse 28. For this is my blood, that of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Fabulous. Well, I don't think we've got... Kind of went on, didn't I, a little bit there? Chris De La Rosa, what do you suggest we do first for true freedom from government? Um, get certified copies of, of everything and do a, a Freedom of Information Act. Get your SS5, get all of that stuff that you did, and get certified copies of it, and then you can move from there if you so choose. It's, um, it really is not um, a difficult process. Just got to make sure you, you know, you want to go all in or, or, or all out. You don't want to be right in the fence. How about that? I think that's in the Bible, isn't it? Megan W., yes, good words to live by. Do all you have agreed to do and do not encroach on other persons, right? But we call them sentient moral beings and their property, yes. I mean, we're supposed to do good, right? RB, you see, you've got to come out of the matrix. We've been so trained. How to drive without a license? No, you can't, because driving is a commercial term, and you need to. And, and, and it, it, it's um, you need a license to do that. If you're if you're if you're in that activity, you know, then you should have a license. Some people, you know, my friend Kevin Niebling, he's a driver. He's a truck driver. You know, that's a commercial enterprise. He's carrying cargo. Therefore, he should he's engaged in an activity that um, needs such a thing. Much more beauty. Shabbat shalom all. We stand and then even so still stand. Yahushua is our way out of this twisted and sick world. That's the truth. That's the truth. That is the truth. And then we'll, we end up here with a couple at the bottom here. Merisimo, seven. I have seen the Garden of Gethsemane as a mirror of Genesis 15. Yes, the cup of sprinkling cements my belief 
that Yahushua atoned for us in the garden. He was perfect and unmarred in the garden. Well, thank you. That's great insight there. And Cheryl Bell says, are we setting a health-based business? Uh, we are setting a health-based business to assist living beings with getting rid of heavy metals. Any pointers how to proceed in the way? Thank you. Just remember, if you register anything, then you're with Mystery Babylon. So there's other tokens to play with, other tokens to play with on the Monopoly board, but don't play with that token with all the liability. Diesel Grandpa is right there, yeah. But again, in all of this stuff we're talking about, don't you don't want to make the argument because if you make the argument you're in the controversy and then you're sunk you don't want to be there there's another way there's another way so I would never make these arguments um, hallelujah worship blessings brother Proverbs 16 3 commit your works to Yahusha and your plan shall be established Baruch Hashem Yahuwah now um, Maxiger 29, Shemitah explained, does this apply to the USA land? No, it doesn't, the Shemitah year. No, it doesn't. That, that was a, and that's an ordinance of the land of Israel. It does not apply to out here in Mystery Babylon. Okay, and even the state of Israel is not biblical Israel, okay? They're, they're, that's, an, that's an international admiralty commercial beast of nature as well. You don't need money to obtain freedom, much more truth. The question was, what does one do if they don't have the money to obtain their freedom? Freedom is free, but you cannot slumber on your rights. You will not be assisted if you slumber. You have to wake up these things. RB, no I do not. <laughs> Anyway, because again, registration, not in, not, yeah. Dutchman, this is, this is crazy. Ask the government for all the taxes back you paid into. No, no, you paid them. You don't get to get, have them back. Where's that in the Bible? See, you, this isn't this isn't like get something for free because we're just we still have we're to walk in the Torah. If you made mistakes, you made mistakes. You know, you don't go and say, "Oh, I made it, I'll have that back now." You 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 did it. Oh, that'll be a called a frivolous return, and you'll end up in the prison. Right? And a lot of people do mess with that. I'm not messing with that. It's crazy. All right, last question. Oh. Yeah, Bruce Edmonds at Dutchman, regarding your comment, sovereign citizen is a scam. Oh, it's a total scam. It's an oxymoron. How can you be sovereign and then be a citizen? Right, we are sovereign, and you'll find that in, in, the, in, in, as a, in, in the laws, but you'll find it in Hebrews. We are sovereign. Our Father and our citizenship is in heaven, Right? Yahusha and Peter had to pay taxes. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto Yahweh's what is Yahweh's. Now, 
people got to look at that and go, render. Okay, if you have a coin and it has Caesar on it, then who should that be? That's Caesar's. And if you have just a lump of metal, and then whose is that? Well, who created metals? Yahuwah. So what happens if you take the coin of Caesar's, render? What happens if you render that coin of Caesar's? What does render mean? Smelt it. Then where would his image go? And then who would it belong to? If you use their system, then you pay to play. Right? But if you and me have a contract together and barter, we can, that's between you and me. And that's protected. Anyway. Oh, much more truth. I asked because you said it takes thousands of dollars for filing the paperwork properly. If you file, then you're in a commercial realm. You don't file. It's called the law of notice. Of course, they're going to want you to file because then you have to pay to play. Oh, it's, it's a big web. But anyway, it's fun. It's fun. You know, put, just putting a little bit out there. Those of you who will dig deeper, you'll have to dig. Nobody laid it all out for me either. You know, you've got you to gotta, you gotta be in you. You've got to fight for it, right? Always, always. But the truth will set you free. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's all about the blood of the Lamb. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. So, what do we have? We have, if you are still with us, give us some thumbs up. Not that we can tell. Oh, we can tell how many thumbs are up. We can't tell how many thumbs are down nowadays because they changed that. But thank you for tuning in, everybody. And, of course, we will have the Passover um, up on the website for those that do want to sign up for that. So remember, that's coming up the first couple of days of April, and we do have the calendar up there that you can download now at torahtothetribes.com forward slash connect. And if you scroll down, you'll see the downloadable calendar with all the dates for the next feastal year. So please do that. And until then, Yahuwah bless you and keep you. Yahuwah's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahuwah lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah.